What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, folks, this is Rebel Rousing Rich Bergeron. Tornado to Pinnacle. And Psychic Tom Daniel. Tarot cards laid out, ready to predict. Today I'm coming to you straight out of the forest. It's that kind of a day. I uh, just split in wood about an hour ago. So, uh, yeah, very important show because we have so much to talk about. Uh, very big events, big events, big, big uh, in boxing and big in the UFC this week, um, Saturday. ESPN Plus will be debuting the UFC with Dillashaw Shaw versus Henry Cejudo for the. The double belt, however many times it's happened now, fourth, fourth time now? Fourth. Fourth, yes. So, uh, we'll see what, what happens there. We're going to talk about that in, in depth. And, of course, uh, we're going to talk about whether the problem, Adrian Broner, is going to be an issue for Man Pacquiao. <laughs> uh, so, those are the big stories, but we got plenty of other shenanigans to talk about. Um, former guest of ours, Chris Lytle, had an interview, inter- interesting uh, interview published recently. Um, but anyway, um, some of those quotes about going over to bare knuckle boxing in particular are uh, crazy. Uh, how hard was it to retire from the sport on a win was one of the questions asked him. He said, when I did that, I didn't really know how anyone else I didn't really know anyone else who ever did that I decided beforehand I was going to retire no matter what win, lose, or draw you always want to go out and win I was able to do everything I could to make myself win that fight I was able to win it sometimes you feel like you're still going out leaving money on the table so to speak I won five out of my last six fights it wasn't a typical thing most people lose like five in a row get knocked out a bunch and they quit that wasn't the case with me I felt like I was fighting better than any point in my career the difference was being a father of four, I kind of realized I was being a full-time firefighter and a full-time fighter and had four kids. Something was going to be neglected, and typically that was my kids. Then I kind of got a chance to revisit that and look into that and started feeling guilty. Something has to give. I like going to work at the fire department. It's going to be here longer. I love fighting, but I had to stop. So I did that. I retired. Luckily for me, this bare-knuckle boxing came back. I always wanted to have more boxing matches, and I figured out a way to make it where I train when my kids are at school now, and I can have the best of both worlds. So anyway. Um, so yeah, we talked to him about you know, working at the fire department and all that, too, when we had him on the show. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about his boxing record, too. And if you remember, at one point during one of our broadcasts, back when the Floyd Mayweather versus an MMA fighter debate was going on, McGregor signed on the dotted line. Uh, Chris Lytle was trying to fight Floyd. Put his hat in the ring. But didn't get covered by too many people. But some news about it did. Anyway. Uh, is it safe to say that your MMA career is behind you at this point? He said, yeah, it sounds funny. I remember when people were asking me, well, you're doing some bare-knuckle boxing, you coming back to the UFC? I was like, no, bare-knuckle is easier. They are like, what? you got to understand by easier, I mean the training is easier. I go in there, hit the mitts for a little bit, shadow box, spar maybe, I hit the bag, that's it. In MMA, that's like the first quarter of your practice. you, you got to grapple and do kickboxing, you got to do wrestling. So much harder on your body, so much more time commitment. Like I said before, I'm not willing to not be a dad anymore. And he said he doesn't really like trash talk in the sport. Conor McGregor style stuff. Um, So anyway. 
he says, uh, asked when, uh, when he was asked, how many more of these events would you like to do? He said, I don't know. I told somebody the other day, I know how different I am. I tell people I'm just doing this for fun. I'm 44 and I love doing this. They go, what? Bare knuckle boxing for fun? <laughs> I said, yeah. And I started thinking, that doesn't sound good. I'm doing bare knuckle boxing because I enjoy it. That doesn't sound great. So as long as it's fun, I might keep doing it. <laughs> it's going to be in Cancun, Mexico on February 2nd for uh, his next fight, Bare Knuckle FC 4 against JC Lamas. By the way, you might hear in the background some cat chattering. Okay. The female is in heat. So. brother does not want to mess with the sister, so he hasn't figured it out yet. They're <laughs> getting to be that age, unfortunately. Gotta do so. Anyway. <clears throat> Tyson is not the Tyson we know of as far as his appetite for that kind of stuff. <laughs> too young. Uh, Frank Mir in the news here. He's going to make his pro wrestling debut in April. He's on MMA fighting here. Interesting choice for the guy who likes to do TRT. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 39 years old. It was announced on Friday. Uh, he's going to be debuting for uh, actually Josh Barnett as a wrestling company. I didn't know this. Bloodsport. A unique version of pro wrestling for a show that takes place on April 4th Jersey City, New Jersey, at White Eagle Hall. The date is part of the biggest pro wrestling week of the year, as companies from around the world will be holding events in New York and New Jersey in the days prior to WrestleMania on April 7th at MetLife Stadium, East Rutherford, New Jersey. So, does this mean that Amir is done with Bellator? No. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be doing like uh, guest commentary and probably try to come back for one more fight. But remember, Bellator has open-ended contracts. You know, um, what's his name? Uh, King Mo was doing pro wrestling. I'm not sure he still is, but he was doing pro wrestling at the same time he was doing Bellator, and they did a whole reality series on it. Or a show. Uh, does, does Mir have an opponent? And I, I think Mir is still suspended, isn't he, for his last fight? Did he test positive for something in his last fight? So he's probably suspended from Anyway, uh, he got he got he got knocked out. So I don't I not hear about the uh, drugs, but he got knocked out. So that would put him on automatic suspension for based on the old UWFI pro wrestling promotion that was popular in Japan in the early 90s, which Barnett liked when he was growing up. Uh, it's based on hard strikes and submissions, and without playing to the crowd, or use moves that don't work in a real fight like most versions of pro wrestling. So it's like a dramatic form of simulated fighting. So, anyway. First Bloodsport event took place last April in New Orleans as part of WrestleMania Week and feature former UFC. Fighters Matt Riddle, Tom Waller, and Dan Severn, as well as Japanese MMA pioneer and pro wrestling Hall of Fame Minoru, Minoru Suzuki. So, first move for Mir to pro wrestling. Uh, he's competed in submission grappling before. But that's it. Frank Mir. I wonder what his uh, stage name will be. Frank? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's... Well, yeah, yeah. Maybe they can show some films of this uh, arm bar from Alec with Tim Sylvia. Yeah. When he turned Sylvia's arm into a banana Frank arm bar. They'll have to come up with something, some angle for that. I'm sure he's, um, he's on a heavy yeah, regimen. It was like the man of like, thousands of missions or um, the great 
Just a mission expert ever, Frank Mears, something like that, you know. Um, yeah, that was one of the worst arm bars I, I'd ever seen. I mean, that was just sickening. All right, uh, I guess that's really the last big story I have there. Last week. Big fight week in boxing is obviously Manny Pacquiao versus Adrian the Problem Broner. And uh, if you know anything about boxing and you follow Broner, career, you know, he's a copycat of Floyd Mayweather, so, uh, Manny Pacquiao and Mayweather have had discussions, officially, uh, admitted discussions about a follow-up fight, and, and it hasn't been publicly mentioned by Floyd that he promised Manny that he would do it, uh, that they would get it done, so. Overseas, 
So he's in a new place. He's uh, he's back with Freddie. They feel like they're you know they're really strong as a team now. Freddie Roach and Manny. And uh, I think uh, the hype is real on this one. I really do. And Adrian has to get knocked out in the first five rounds, I believe, for it to look like people will take any interest in a Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao rematch. He has to perform. He has to rise to the occasion, and, and he has to back up. He has to be overwhelming and devastating for people to say, maybe he really was hurt in that first fight. Well, you know what? Floyd is, you know, three and a half years older. You know what? Maybe this could be different. But you know what? Honestly, well, you know, it's like, and I'm going to steal a line from the top there. I had a crystal ball last week, and I don't know where it came into my head, but we need to talk in the past uh, about a guy like Mayweather with his um, ego. And, you know, when he retired the first time 10 years ago, after he uh, beat Ricky Hatton back in 2008, you know, said, you know, this is done. He was, you know, I think 32 years old, maybe 30, 31, 31, 32. And then, um, a year plus later, he came back to fight Marquez, and then every time it was like, I'm going to retire, but then a fight would come up. And, and it was always like, when someone else's name was starting to be ascending and be on the rise, it was kind of, he would jump back in there. Maybe not always again, that guy, like Manny Pacquiao's name was getting up there for a while, and he was just getting his, his name back into the equation, so people were starting to talk about him again. You know, because everybody was talking about Manny, Manny, Manny. And then Floyd would come out there, and he'd be a guy like Shane Mosley, or he would, you know, um, be a guy like Fatigue or somebody. And then people would say, oh, he would get back into the equation. Um, I just had a feeling, you know, one of those gut feelings last week, that it's going to be one of these two names is going to be able to entice him back. And it's going to be within the next year. Now he's going to be at 32, maybe 43 years old. Um, but it's either going to be Earl Spence, um, Terrence, um, Terrence Crawford. Um, because those, I mean, hey, now Earl Spence got a good fight coming up with Mikey Garcia. That's a legitimate fight. But I think Spence decides is going to win that out. You know, he is a big, you know, um, welterweight. And Garcia's a guy that, you know, a year or so ago was still fighting the lightning. Um, so it's going to be like Errol Spence, really young. Talented, good punching fighter, or Terrence Crawford, who's fighting Amir Khan in April. One of those two guys is going to um, be out there, be the consensus number one pound for pounder, and that's going to pull Floyd into a fight. And that could be where his O finally has to go. Hmm. But, but then, then again, though, if Floyd's going to make money doing what he's doing, why would he take that much risk? You know, and that's a great thing. That's and you know how he likes to um, dictate everything upon his own terms. I'm completely correct in that. I just have a feeling that you know something's going to strip his ego. It's going to be something is going to tug at his ego, and that's what's going to do it. You know, um, somebody. You, you, you can't beat Errol Spence for, for argument's sake. And then maybe Spence has maybe Spence Garcia. And they're like, what? Well, you, you can't beat Errol Spence. In fact, you know what? Even in your prime, maybe you couldn't beat Errol Spence. And that's what It's just a, you know, I, I just had those like, gut feelings I had the one night. Uh, I, I, I just can't imagine if he keeps making money on these one-rounders or, you know, fighting um, an MMA guy with an 0-0 record, you know, and that kind of money, it would take a big, big challenge. And uh, like I said, I hope, I hope you're right. I, I, I just don't, I don't have that strong of a feeling, but put me in my place. If that happens, I will I will give you the uh, asa ha mm -hmm. Good call. Well. I don't know how I feel about that prediction. 
I do know Floyd likes to make his money. Good feeling, guys. And um, I know he likes to make his money. I know he likes easy fights. But he does he does care about his legacy. So, you never know. You never know what might get him to come back. But he's definitely not done. Something will bring him back. You know, a hundred million dollars has a way of doing that with Floyd. Hey, did you guys hear about the other big fight that got signed for May? Uh, May. No. May 1st? Um, Canelo Alvarez and Danny Jacobs. Oh, I have not heard about that. Breaking news. Yeah, I, I, I found that at 6 o'clock tonight when I was leaving the gym. T-Mobile Arena Las Vegas on May 4th. Wow. 6 o'clock. a shitload of boxing events to discuss this weekend uh, and uh, talk about last weekend too um, actually I did watch boxing once Caleb Plant and Jose who's category yeah yeah I tell you he is uh, very sharp that was a, that was a word I came away with for him he, he landed where it counted he did he did kind of show the old, uh, you know, the weakness of the, uh, the shoulder roll when you're not Floyd Mayweather type of defense, you know, with the one hand down. Um, so he did allow Luz Category a few times to get in the fight, but um, definitely, definitely showed that uh, undefeated record for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and he had, and he had power that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I, yeah the first knockdown I, I was off balance, sort of, but he did... He did connect. The second one was a no doubter. Uh, yeah, and, and then then when Jose got up laughing, and I'm thinking, what kind of a <laughs> what's the word? Cognitive distance, I guess, would be the right word, right? You know, yeah. dude, there's nothing funny about this. You've lost the first four rounds, been knocked down twice. This is not a joke. And I think Jose, you know, the only way to fight a guy like Caleb Plant is to fight him in a phone booth. Yeah, you know. Uh, by, I mean, the way I see it, by the ninth and tenth round, Jose had his chances. He had him in that phone booth, but uh, good for plan for hanging in there. And uh, and probably one of the most idiotic calls or comments of the year so far. Someone else, one of the forums. Well, plan has to work on his um, stamina and his cardio. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you're around a bit. <laughs> pretty good to me on that in that category. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, that was a good fight. Uh, then we also had Brandon Figueroa notching another win over Moises Flores. Uh, uh, Kevin Watts loses to Ryan Carl. Ahmed El Viali beat Alan Green. And Prince Patel beat Ronald Reynolds. Those are the results published on Bokkak for last Sunday. Sunday was a big fight night last week. The 13th. Sunday the 13th. Yeah, that's what it was for Alan Green. You remember, uh, he was he was a prospect, what, about 10 years ago? Or 2006? Yeah. Six years. I think he was on the contender, and it seemed like he really had it going then, but boy, he didn't seem to have anything left. Ugh. Yeah. Was, uh, I'm, 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 you know, who beat him, like, really badly? Um, uh, I'm trying to remember. I know he had a big knockout over J. Don Codden really got his name out there as uh, a prospect. And I'm trying to remember if it was a loss to um, Joe Calzaghi, maybe. Um, that really, it was, it, whoever it was, was a beating. And he never recovered from that. And, uh, or you know, no, no, you know who it was? It was um, Edison Miranda. Miranda really beat the hell out of him. And he went distance, but he was like literally out on the feet again. Uh, so we got uh, we got Friday night fights this week. The weekend starts on Friday. Uh, uh, finally back to boxing. We got uh, down in New York, New York, the Madison Square Garden Theater. Demetrius Andraja 
that how you say it, or is it on drop? Drop. Fighting Archer Akavov, who is 19 and 2 for the WBO World Middleweight title. And we've got uh, TJ Doheny, also undefeated, 20 and 0. Fighting Ryohei Takahashi, who is 16, 3 and 1. Everybody's fighting somebody from uh, another country, it looks like. <laughs> uh, Jorge Linares, 45, 4 and 0. Super lightweight, fighting Pablo Cesar Cano, 31, 7 and 1. And another former guest of ours, Amanda Serrano, 35-1-1, fighting Eva Vorberger, who is 24-5 for the vacant WBO World Female Super Flyweight title. That's that ain't enough. We have a welterweight feature fight here with uh, Chris Algieri, 22-3, fighting Daniel Gonzalez, who is 17-1-1. Um, so that's down New York. I don't know if that's going to be on TV anywhere. Another big one in Verona, New York, on ESPN Plus. Uh, Bryant Jennings, 24 and 2, fighting Oscar Rivas, who's 25 and 0 for the IBF International Heavyweight Title and the WBO NADO Heavyweight Title. Well, it's funny because I was just thinking of Bryant Jennings the other day because um, you know, we had—he was undefeated when he had the title fight loss to Klitschko. Then he had the stoppage loss to um, uh, King Kong Ortiz. And um, I saw him fight a little less than a year ago at, a temp at Temple University in Philadelphia against a former guest artist, Joey Duaco. And um, he struggled. You know, Duaco, for being a short, stocky guy, an accomplished boxer, and really gave Jennings all he could handle. And, and Jennings just looked slow and he won but it was close it was like six rounds to four um so it'll be interesting to see how much you know, it's going to take right well uh <clears throat> yeah we're going to get some titles too if he wins uh we've got also featherweights in the co-main event uh, Jesse Chris Rosales is 22-1-1, fighting Shakur Stevenson, who's 9-0. And, uh, and then Super Welterweight, Carlos Adams, with an ES at the end, instead of just an S. He is 15-0, uh, undefeated, fighting Juan Ruiz, who is 21-3. And, uh, and we have Jason Sosa, 21-3-4, fighting Moises Delgadillo, who is 17-18-2. Going to get to 500, I guess. And then we have, uh, let's see. What else we got going on? That's it for Friday. Now we're into Saturday. So we're going to have a Jesus fight of the week somewhere. Fighting for money. Mm -hmm. Sad. Yes. Yeah. You're right. Well, I'm he, gonna, he, he looked like it. I'm 
going to give you guys some trivia now. You're going to get 10 guesses. Where, okay. what, what country does the Jesus Fight of the Week come from? And think unlikely, unlikely countries. Don't think the obvious. Uh, all right, all right. I I'll got take that I'm answer, gonna, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't count. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Thailand. Thailand? No. Next, next. Philippines. Philippines? No. One answer. Uh, Nope. We got seven to go, Tony. You're up. Uh, How about Ukraine? No. (laughs) Australia? No. (laughs) Are we down? No, no, not even close. Okay, so we're in the wrong continent. Wrong continent, yes. Wrong continent. Yes. Okay, uh, not... Okay, how about, uh, Brazil? No. Nope. I was close. South South Africa. No. England, England. Oh, you're getting close, but no. Closer in Ireland. Nope. Ireland. Nope, nope. Still wrong continent, but close. That's all I'm going to say. So, it's France. Not, it's not, not France, no. It's We were in Europe. Yes, you were I mean, in we're Europe, not, but not Scandinavia. Scandinavia, wow. Denmark. Denmark is the country. Oh, wow. wow. Something is rotten in Denmark when Jesus fights in the main event. That's it. <laughs> Jesus Sanchez, he is 9 and 1. Fighting Dennis Salen, who is 19-2-2 for the vacant EBU featherweight title. So, I guess they are considered European. But anyway. Um, co-main event there is a female fight. Super Bantamweights. Uh, Dinah Thorsland, 12-0, fighting Alessia Graf, who's 29-7. She has lost three of her last six. Uh, and that's for the WBO World Female Super Bantamweight title. We also have an interesting one here. Talk about records. These guys, uh, these two people have over 100 fights combined. Lolenga Mock at Super Middleweight, 42, 15, and 1. Fighting Matteo Damian Varone, who is 27, 21, and 3. Right smack dab in the middle of that card. Uh, did you think there was good boxing in Denmark? Did you? shock, but uh, I guess uh, you know the UFC turned him away, uh, convinced him to do other things, but I just realized here down in Billings, Montana, I was looking at the fight, heavyweight fight here in the main event, it's obviously a mismatch, Chauncey, which is a great name for a heavyweight fighter, Chauncey well over 57-12-5, fighting a guy named Michael Birthmark, who is 2-10-1. That's our mismatch of the week right there. And then on the undercard, we have John J. Mount, which is a great name for a heavy, uh, for a light heavyweight MMA fighter, but this is a boxer. He's a 4-1, and one, and he's fighting an MMA fighter, Dennis Hallman, who is 1-3. I did not know he boxed at all, but uh, I'll 
obviously they need a fighter in Billings, Montana. <clears throat> and then of course we have the big, 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 huge monstrous card week. Showtime pay-per-view, Manny Pacquiao versus Adrian Broner from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Manny comes in with a record of seven losses to go with 60 even wins and uh, two draws. Uh, has lost two in the last six, but uh, obviously very good in his last fight. Adrian Broner comes in at 33-3-1, and, and he has lost two out of his last six and tied one. <clears throat> so this is for WBA World Welterweight title. And the... Uh, I don't know what the Vegas odds are, but I would I would think they probably favor Manny. It's quite experience. And if if uh, Adrian's having a problem with weight, I would uh, I would have to predict man he's going to win this one. He's going he's going to get that yeah. knockout before the sixth round. I'm thinking that uh, I'm thinking he tries for it, and even if he doesn't get it, he gets a decision. Boy, that's going to really uh, knock Broner's career back a bit. Oh, yeah. Huge. Wow. And you know what? Just think. With Broner, um, it's, as I said earlier, with, you know, his struggles with conditioning, making weight, um, his um, poor training habits in the past, you know, that, that will catch up to you fast. It really will. And I don't know how much past his time he is. Um, you know, he gave a couple of good accounts of himself and losing efforts a few years ago. But, you know, right now it's like, I think he's the type of guy that will get significantly old overnight. And I, I can see Pacquiao stopping him maybe mid to late rounds. Um, you know, I think Bruno will try to make competitive early, but his legs will go. And hope man there. And I can see Pacquiao just grinding him down, grinding him down, and then the fight being stopped. Or just, you know, working him over um, for a decision. Um, and like I said, it just depends on how much Pacquiao has left and how much Broner does or does not have left. Well, I think Broner has stuff left, but, I mean, he is the imitation version of Mayweather. And, um, you know, you're going to get a chance to see what Pacquiao can do against that type of style with a healthy shoulder. So, you know, obviously it's, I think, my theory is that it wasn't just a coincidence that Broner is his opponent prior to the possibility of a rematch with Mayweather. All right, that is, that is more likely to me. Mayweather saying to him, you get by Broner first. And then I'll fight you. Because he even knows that that guy's a copycat of him. So, if Pacquiao can get by the style of Broner, which is not the same, but very similar to Mayweather, then then obviously it would make sense to make the rematch. So, I really think Floyd was the one that came up with that idea. <clears throat> but I don't know. I don't, you can't quote me on that. Well, you can, but <laughs> it's not confirmed. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but I really think that uh, Broner is got too short of a reach. He's got uh, <clears throat> he probably doesn't have the stamina if he's coming in with weight issues. And Manny is the only thing he's doing differently now. He said in his uh, conference call the other day is he's taking a little bit extra days for rest here and there, you know, or time. Uh, he won't put any crazy workouts that he used to with you know running and sparring the same day, that type of stuff. You know, he'll take more rest in between different activities. Um, so, you know, he's just basically paying more attention to his body. But he still feels like he has it. And uh, I don't think anybody can tell him to sit down until he really starts slowing down. And uh, we, definitely, we definitely will see a lot of whether he's going to be able to keep going or, or not. And what he does with Broner, and I think he knows that more than anybody else, that this fight is the last chance. If he loses 
is there's no other chance of making that 150 200 million dollar payday that will come with the Mayweather fight you know because you got to think about not only payday purse wise but sponsorships that's <laughs> uh, big money so I really think he's gonna he's gonna have the camp in place that knows all that and he's gonna prepare for that and he's gonna have him in the best possible shape and burner that shot I really don't think I mean, you got to say puncher's chance just because he, he's got muscles and he's got, he knows how to punch, but I really think you got to really catch Manny with a huge combination, and, and I don't think he's going to be slowing down long enough for Broner to hit him. He's going to be busting around that ring, like, using every inch of it and just, just counter-punching a lot. And uh, he has the kind of power that Freddie is claiming, you know, harder than ever. Anyone's that ever hit him. He said in sparring. I mean, in bad work. So, <clears throat> yeah. If that's true, Bruno's got something to worry about. He, he's got a problem. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say the round. I'm just going to say before the sixth. Pacquiao's going to take him out. And it, and it goes to decision. And I don't think... Uh, I don't think Broner will... If it goes to decision, I don't think Broner will get his ass kicked. But he's definitely not going to really land a lot of big shots. It's, it goes past the six. I think he's going to be worn out with these weight issues. <laughs> Pacquiao's going to play with him. A cat with a mouse. But not a cat in the heat because they don't play with mice. Co main event. Roche Warren, 16 2, versus Nordine Ubali, who is 14 0. Uh, Badu Jack also on the card at light heavyweights 22-1-3 fighting Marcus Brown who's 22-0 Jack spelled J-H-A-C-K Tepora 22-0 featherweight fighting Hugo Ruiz who's 38-4 that was for the IBA no interim WBA world featherweight title and that's it for the big headlining fights um but, uh, you know, what do you guys think about your predictions for this one? For Pacquiao, specifically. Before we move on. I got to go with Manny. All right. Consensus, I guess. Are you thinking along the same lines, just Bruner, you know, not being, maybe not being in shape or not being disciplined? Or? Yeah, he, he, he's just too streaky. I mean, you just never know which one's going to show up. And there's also a part of him that may even be looking past Manny. I mean, if you think of the second coming of Floyd, and you look at the easy time Floyd had with him, I mean, I think it would be idiotic for Broner to think like that, but I think he's capable of doing it. The big thing so, for me, too, that I didn't say is the cockiness. You know, I think you take Floyd and you magnify it by 10, the cockiness that Broner right. has. And it, it was at least with Floyd, you could say it matches his skill. <laughs> but with Broner, you know, not so much. You know, especially with three losses on his record, and not too right. necessarily like you know unbeatable people. <sighs> so I don't know. I think it's just really a matter of Manny picked this opponent, or Floyd picked it for him because they know that he has to show that he can get by that stop. And uh, you know, it's, it's like a poor man's Floyd too because it's not it's not the uh, unpenetrable shoulder roll type defense that Floyd has uh, I think Broner's arms are a little bit heavier he uh, he puts his face out there way more often because he's cocky and uh, you know, he doesn't fight smart not as far smart as Floyd at all yeah and, and furthermore I mean I think Manny will be so motivated because he's not, he knows there's no ball for him either I mean the loser of this this fight's really, I won't say finished, but what a setback. Yeah. And and considering where the fight's at, I think the judges will be uh, looking, smiling at Manning. <laughs> if it goes that, if it goes that far. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Somebody told him, uh, somebody asked him on the conference call to rent top five fights, Manning, as far as preparation for the fighter. And uh, he really snubbed Timothy Bradley, you know, because the, the interviewer guy was, like, specifically mentioning Timothy Bradley, like that was going to be one of them. And he just, like, passed right over it. 
he's still bitter about the freaking uh, the bad decision, he, and he doesn't see himself as having lost any any round. I don't think against Timothy Bradley. <laughs> but he basically said that was an easy fight for him. Both of them, both fights were very easy. It wasn't a challenge. Um, I don't have the numbers. The, the guys he named. In front of me, but, <clears throat> um, I believe Eric Morales was among them. And Ricky Hatton, you mentioned. <coughs> but, nope, not Timothy Bradley. Uh, and maybe not uh, Adrian Broner if he gets dispatched quickly. We'll see. But that's a big fight of the week. And uh, I'm sure I have plenty more next week. And the big MMA fight of the week is obviously UFC Fight Night 143, Cejudo versus Joe Shaw. Henry Cejudo comes in with a heavy wrestling background, 13-2 and two in MMA, and uh, obviously uh, the first person to dispatch and uh, basically uh, instead of a uh, loser leaves town fight, it was a uh, loser leaves the UFC fight in terms of Demetrius Johnson, uh, he lost the belt, and uh, Henry Cejudo uh, didn't really put on a dominant, you know, blow-out-of-the-water performance against uh, Demetrius, but, you know, the UFC is forever trying to make Demetrius Johnson versus DJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo immediately after getting the belt. Uh, signed on. He said, yeah, I'm game. And so they made it happen, and um, I'm not sure which which weight is it at, Tom. Do you know, is it at Cejudo's or Dillashaw? Um, yeah, and this is tough, but I think I think TJ's on a roll. Uh, no disrespect to Henry, but um, I'm going with TJ on this. Now, I was asking, what weight is it at? Do you know? Oh, oh, oh uh, uh, yeah, 125. Oh, so it's at Cejudo's weight. Yeah. So Cejudo's yeah, so TJ wants to be uh, wants to be the uh, uh, two belt champion. Right. So then, only TJ has that opportunity. Yeah. So Udo can just keep his belt. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of unfair. That's a good point, but yeah, that's the way you know the rules. So if Udo no, wins, then then they would have a rematch probably at TJ's win. What thirty-five? Yeah. If it's worth having. So then, and and then that way TJ can repay Henry the favor. So they want to a chance to be a. TJ is 16-3 coming in, and uh, he's really, hands hands down, one of the most dynamic fighters, and, and he has his chin. And again, you know, cockiness sometimes makes him uh, a little bit risky. Kind of like, uh, almost as bad as Holloway's last fight. <laughs> uh, as dominant as he was with his fist, he stuck his face out there a lot, and TJ has a tendency to do that, so... Uh, because Cejudo's more good at wrestling than he is at striking, I don't think he's going to be able to take advantage of that as much as some other people could. Uh, and he's got short reach. He's a little stocky guy. Uh, so he's going to have to try to keep TJ off the feet. And TJ's not a slouch on the ground either. So I'm I'm thinking TJ's going to be drilling the hell out of this takedown defense. And he's just going to do what he does and, and move like basically all around cage and do his little dances with his footwork and uh, just tap, tap, tap and just punish the face of Sudo until he can't even see. <laughs> and, and DJ has that speed advantage on the feet. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I just think Henry's going to have to do a round and pound and like you said, TJ's no, uh, he's not easy to take down, he's not easy to hold down, so I think Henry um, is going to have his hands full. And, and um, I like Henry. You, you can't help it, but, you know, look at his story. But um, got to go with what I feel. He's a classy guy. He's doing the company thing here, obviously, you know, doing, doing whatever they want him to do. And obviously trying to make himself some money and name for himself here. Um, but, uh, you know, it also says something about that division, the 125-pound division, that he had to immediately go to fight a guy in the the above weight class instead of giving someone else in that division a shot because you know, for so long nobody else even came close to Demetrius so uh, it's very tough to keep building 
that division. Um, so we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens. But you know, you also have to consider all these other promotions coming out of woodwork. And, you know, one FC getting Demetrius. Obviously, they're gonna try to be getting opponents for him too. So uh, it might have been a mistake on the UFC's part. You know, just getting one guy out of that and no other consideration. <laughs> Ben Asker's going to last, or if he's even going to be competitive in the UFC. You know, sometimes guys think they're all that, and then they get in the UFC and they get destroyed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, like uh, maybe we'll see what happens this weekend with the uh, Coleman event. Right. Uh, Greg Hardy. I, I know you're going to have a lot to say about that one, so we'll hold off till you get ready for that. Greg Hardy in the Coleman event. He, he, I don't know if he was convicted, but he was charged with domestic abuse or beating his wife. Uh, he's fighting a guy named Alan Crowder with a 9-3 record. Greg is uh, flash in the pan here, but very powerful. He's a former NFL player, so he knows how to hit people, but usually he's not supposed to be punching people on the NFL. <laughs> okay, now, have you heard of the dust-up here with the Ariel um, Harati when uh, we have one of the female fighters, uh, Rachel, who... She's a victim of it. Yeah. And so Ariel uh, went on uh, first take, right. I believe. Uh, I think he was on first take, and he was ranting and raving. So they asked uh, Dana uh, what he thought of that. And it was just all, he went full Dana White on the issue. Mm -hmm. Who gives an F what he says? <laughs> he said, who is he? I don't even know who he is. Yeah, it was, it was a classic. You don't think ESPN had anything to do with Hardy being moved up to the co-main event after three pro fights, do you? <laughs> well, they're obviously trying to go for the controversy factor. Um, I would love to see what uh, Shannon, Shannon and uh, what's his name have to say about Skip. Shannon and Skip are undisputed. That would be a good argument. But that would be assuming that somebody, somebody would take the UFC and ESPN side. I, I wouldn't put this on, on TV at all. I, I mean, especially because because this is like really his first official fight card. You put him in the coming. Well, I don't care if it's from the football world. Rich. It's not on TV. It's on pay. It's on the pay card. Right. But I mean, I'm talking on, on any television. <laughs> no, but this is worse. Yeah. He's on the coming event on the pay per view. Yeah, he should. Unbelievable. Shouldn't be even on free TV on the preliminaries. Uh, it, this is one of those things where it should be the first fight of the night. Doesn't get televised. Nobody ever sees it, and it, it gets drowned in obscurity. But now they're giving this guy the spotlight, and they're giving him a chance to basically call out whoever he wants if he wins this. You know, and he's always going to try to call out somebody big because he wants to make money. You know, he's not making that NFL money fighting in a, a co-main event even at three zero. Um, but I mean, three and three and zero. Oh, he shouldn't be there in the first place. Right. I mean, yeah. I, of course, the guy's a talented athlete. But let him uh, go through the small shows and rack up some wins there. But I think the way it's done. Right. And I don't even know any of the details of the case, but I do remember that this was a very contentious case with the NFL. I mean, it was right around the time that Adrian Peterson was suspended for however many games for whipping his kid. Uh, you know, it was uh, you know, any little thing, any little issue they were trying to come down hard on. And, um, you know, so obviously his side of the story was it wasn't that bad. Uh, but it did turn out to be bad enough that they kept him on suspension and then just separated from him. Uh, so he had to find other means of employment. Nobody wanted to use him. He's obviously, you know, blacklisted. So, uh, you know, he went into fighting, and he was on the Contender Series that they had there. Not the Contender Series, the Challenger Series, I believe they called it. Uh, and he turned some heads. He knocked some guys out. But um, this is going to be a big step up for him, too. I don't even realize the UFC knows what they're doing. But I don't even think they do, I mean. Uh, because you put it in against a guy who's got that many more wins than losses, this is not going to be a pushover for him. And if you're trying to brand this guy, you know, controversial or whatever, you don't want to put him in against a guy like that. You want to put him in against a guy who's like one and two. 
You put him in against a guy like Alan Crowder here, he's got a name and you know, some ability, and uh, you might actually see a halfway decent fight, and probably Greg Hardy can be able to lose the end of it. And maybe that's what they're going for. I mean, maybe they're trying to convince him that Greg, that you know, this is winnable, but they know Crowder's going to wipe them out with him, and, and they're going to show, ha, this is what happens to wife beaters. Uh, Greg Hardy's definitely got knockout power, but I just don't think he has uh, the game plan to be the guy who's uh, more of a journeyman and has had that many fights, 12 fights as opposed to three. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, this uh, next one's more worthy of the co-main event. Yancy Medeiros, 15-5, and Gregor Gillespie, undefeated at 12-0. and 0. Yeah, that, that's intriguing. No one's been able to give Gillespie a fight so far. No one. So, oh, this is, um, and, uh, Madeira's has a very good, uh, BJJ game, so, kind of no flash style here. It'll be fun to watch. Right. Joseph Benavidez is in the 10th fight tonight. He's 26-5 against, uh, Dustin Ortiz with 19-7. And, and we got the female fight, uh, Paige Van Zandt against Rachel Ostovich, who's 4-4. Four and, four. and I believe she has been asked about, uh, fighting on the same card as... I was Greg Hardy, and it really bothers her. She actually said no. She said it just had nothing to do with with uh, with me or you know the issue. It's just uh, you know he's had a past and now he has a fight. Uh, I think it was kind of basically just of what she said, uh, but it definitely doesn't bother her. You know, her issue is her issue, so that's her perspective. Uh, Carl Roberson also on this card at seven and one fighting Glover Teixeira. Who's 27-7. And the Cowboy in the 7th fight of the night. Donald Cerrone, 34-11. Fighting Alexander Hernandez, who's 10-1. Joanne Calderwood, 12-3. Fighting Ariane Lipsky, who's 11-3. It's the 6th fight of the night. Alonzo Menafield, he's 7-0. Fighting Vinicius Alves Marrera, who's 9-1. And we got Mario Batista in the 4th fight of the night. Undefeated at 6-0, fighting Corey Sandhaven, who's 9-1. Dennis Bermudez in the third fight of the night, 16-9, fighting Tay Edwards, who's 6-2. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, 14-2, fighting Jeff Neal, who's 10-2. And, and then uh, Chance Recounter in the first fight of the night, who's 12-3, fighting Kyle Stewart, who's 11-1. And, and I believe that about does it. Scheduled events. I don't have any other news stories. Let's just check out uh, Trailer Dog real quick. See if we got any news. There's previews and stuff. All the attention's on this UFC fight. And then next week, of course, next weekend we have uh, Bellator's big start of the year, the final fight in the heavyweight tournament. Emilian Ankle Fedor, the big Fedor, against uh, Ryan Bader. And I hear they're going to time the Mueller report release <laughs> right before the fight. Uh, anyway, you guys being affected by the government shutdown at all? Uh, I have, yes. Really? Yes, and, and it's uh, pretty uh, hard to imagine this. Now, i got to professional license as uh, an enrolled tax agent back in 2016 and I thought it was, you know, it's a three-year thing so I kind of thought I would get the notice to renew well, it was not a three-year thing it goes by the last digit of your social and my license has lapsed into inactivity uh -oh. so to get it active I sent my forms in beginning in November and the IRS kind of works on a special clock they're mm -hmm. on Right. So I was hoping yeah, right. to active so I can represent clients in audits. And guess what's happened? Yeah. So right now, I, I can't even advertise with that EA after my name. And uh, the IRS is apparently down to a skeleton crew now. At least I, I heard they're trying to bring some people back. Uh, to work for no pay, see how that worked out. But it's, I guess, out of every eight employees, seven were sitting at home. Wow. So look out below for this tax season.
Well, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, the talk show there, has been doing, you know, give give some of the government employees jobs for the night. They do the segment, right? So I think it was last night or the night before they had a couple people from the IRS. <laughs> so, of course, Jimmy Kimmel asked, does this mean, uh, since you guys aren't working, that nobody's getting audited <laughs> right now? <laughs> Oh, oh, their answer was so classic. Uh, we can't comment on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, every time I, I hear of budget shortfalls or, you know, budget impasses where they can't pass the budget or or uh, something like government shutdowns, I think back to Air Force Academy freshman year when they did not pass the budget. Uh, I think for, it was like two days. <clears throat> so uh, it affected us. Immediately, <laughs> only our stomachs, because uh, it was a big thing. They, uh, the mess hall, the mess hall was uh, shut down basically. So we came to lunch one day, and we literally had lunchables at every seat. <laughs> Boxes of well, lunchables. Hey, if you want to hear something hilarious about that, think of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, yeah. because the guards. Um, well, I, one guard was complaining that on. Um, Christmas Day, the inmates had Cornish hens. They really laid out a spread for them. And the guards are getting nothing. I mean, they're going home and eating uh, Vienna sausages and cans of baked beans, I guess, and the inmates were laughing at it. Ain't that something? Yeah. That was pretty horrible. Well, you know, then the Coast Guard thing, the Coast Guard is feeling like they're less of a service now because, you know, they're not getting paid and uh, the ironic thing about that is this whole whole impasse, you know, in Trump's perspective, is about border security, and the Coast Guard is like instrumental to that part of it. But you know, they figured out a way to get them paid finally. <clears throat> but I, I hear the big the big hit is going to be taken by the guys that are government contractors because their work is not guaranteed, and if there is ever an opening, then they don't get back pay. So these people that have, you know, government contracted jobs that are subcontractors, basically, uh, that come in and do stuff that uh, isn't always on the books <laughs> or, you know, regular. Those are the guys that take the biggest hits. But, you know, I think, uh, I think companies like Uber are making out pretty well. That's one of the most common second jobs people are taking out. How did it affect you, Tony? Um, well, I mean, I work for a uh, insurance company, Independence Blue Cross, and um, and that one's with a large, our large client, which is a a private company. So my paycheck um, was in there already for tomorrow. So no real effect to me on you know. Sorry for the people it is. I heard today that um, Trump will refuse to allow Nancy Pelosi to uh, use uh, the government um, uh, plane to do a trip over to Afghanistan. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I see the film of um, all the Democrats in the rain. I think he even canceled the bus. (laughs) They couldn't even get on the bus. Yeah, I don't think sure. Well, love him or hate him. Love or hate him. I thought it was kind of, kind of funny, and not really making his point when he's criticizing Nancy Pelosi for for taking a vacation to Hawaii, and he's saying, "Well, I'm going to stay at the White House, like the White House is some slum." <laughs> In his world, it is, baby. Yeah, well, yeah. The world, baby. I'm going to stay at the White House, do my job. <laughs> But the big thing there is uh, the national champion Clemson Tigers there got uh, hundreds of burgers as he reached into his own pocket and did that. No other president would do that kind of crap. Quarterback seemed to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Well, you guys got anything else to add before we call tonight? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, anxious 
anxious to see uh, what happens with this weekend fight. I'm sure somebody will be streaming it, which I'll try to um, access. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to see that aspect of it, too. Uh, how good will ESPN Plus be at blocking people from streaming illegally? That's right, that's right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure somebody will like, do a like, Facebook Live or something. That's what I did with the uh, Canelo um, Chavez Jr. fight at time. I watched on Facebook Live, and the uh, people who were watching it, um, their commentary was better than anything else. Yeah. Well, uh, I... Uh, Probably shouldn't even say it on the air, but I'm gonna because I'm gonna be looking there for it. Uh, first row sports, all one word. Dot eu. So far, it has been the best place to find it. It's not the best place to view it sometimes because you have to deal with a shitload of pop-ups. But once you figure it out, sometimes they try to hide the little X's that you have to close the windows. Once you figure that out and get it to stream, you, know, you get a good stream. It's usually fairly fairly decent. And the good ones are usually, for the boxing, are usually in the U.K. Because um, they can't shut that down. You know, it's like free U.K. TV that they pay for cable. I mean, it's not free, but it's, it comes with a cable subscription. It's not like pay-per-view for them. Um, it just comes with it. So, anyway, uh, I think it's BT Sport is the network. And that always comes in great. That's why I'm always, like, whenever there's a British fight and I'm watching it, I'm always, for the British guy, because I'm listening to the British announcer. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they, they do a good job. So, uh, firstrowsports.eu is going to probably redirect you to some other place, because it's overseas in Europe, but uh, yeah, they get away with it. They do all kinds of sports. I mean, football, MMA, boxing, cricket, probably, if you wanted to see that. <laughs> Check that out if you can't find it anywhere else. Layla says good night. Enjoy the fight this weekend. Go many. Make our predictions. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna do it. I really got a good feeling about it, and you know, hype seems to be real this time. So I'm actually more excited about the rematch between Floyd than I was about the first one. We get a rebirth here, and I think maybe Floyd might have lost maybe a half a step. Yeah. Even though it didn't look at right. in the uh, t- tension fight there, but, you know. Let's, let's worry about that after Saturday night. Yeah, we're not, we're not looking through the problem. That's it. All right, guys. Next week, enjoy the fight. All right. All right. Later, guys.